0: Welcome to episode 79 of Attention Place with Arnabre. I'm Vikram Mohan, and we're recording on the 5th of April 2020, India time. Like pretty much every person on this planet, we have been tracking the coronavirus epidemic for the last three weeks. So if you haven't caught up uh, yet, uh, in episode 76, we had Dr. Pavitra Venkata Gopalan, a coronavirus researcher. And in episode 77, that is last week, though it seems a lot longer than that, Arnab compared the US and Indian healthcare systems. You can find this episode in your post, right in your podcast player, or you can also head over to youtube.com slash talkingstuffpodcasts and catch up. And to talk about today's topic, without further ado, here's your host Arnabre. Hey Arnab. Hello.
1: How's everybody doing? I hope everybody is safe and and s- safely quarantined inside their home. It's, it's, it's a really strange time that we live in. And every time I do this podcast, I, I realize it's one more week. And I don't have anything other to say because pretty much life has stopped uh, in, in, this, in, this, in this terrible times. And it, 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 it's, it's terrible, but what, what really scares me more than what is going on now is that a part of me believes that this will soon become the new normal. I'm not saying that we will, we will perennially be in this state because of COVID-19. But we will increasingly find ourselves in such states of, um, I wouldn't say lockdown, maybe some of those things won't be solved by lockdown, but global crisis as the environment degrades and as, as naturally uh, more and more envi- environment will dominate. I'm not saying in the next five years, but for m- my children's generation, that this will be the new normal. Um, and we are seeing the first of those great cataclysms right now. Uh, so I'm not so much worried. I mean, of course, I'm worried about my immediate, you know, making out of this alive, honestly, but because I, I am in a hot spot in LA. Uh, but more than this, more than the current crisis, I'm just worried that this is going to become the new normal. I, I'm pretty sure that COVID-19 will not become, this is the last time we'll be dealing with COVID-19. There'll be a vaccine out in the next year. And again, there will be successive periods of black black uh, lockdowns and then release and then again the disease will start climbing up and then we would clamp down again and every time we'll be a little bit more prepared than last time. This is this time I think all nations barring a few, which have had uh, outbreaks before, like some of the countries which are close to China, they they were much better prepared. So let's talk to the first thing about. And I see a lot of this is a fundamental thing that people still don't understand about COVID-19, despite there being so much literature and you know, Doctor Fauci saying this again and again. But I think it's not clear. I heard this Bajaj guy from Bajaj Auto you know, just just, just, just right. talking like a you know just. I mean, again, he's 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 a responsible person. It's not just some random guy on Twitter who's who has no platform. This guy is 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 and it kind of. You know, you kind of look at the rich people in India, and you look at the rich people in the U.S., and you look at the Bill Gates, and you look at him, and you and you wonder, uh, you know, in terms of the sagacity of advice, and in terms of you know using their status. Uh, and rather than going into what Bajaj says and give him a little, give him more oxygen than he deserves, um, of his whatever he said. This is something which I find a lot of people just don't understand because of. And, and this, again, it, they don't understand because they themselves think that the, the virus won't. They look at the numbers and they say, oh, no, this this virus is, doesn't have any, I mean, it won't affect me. Even if I get sick, I'll live. And look at the numbers, the, the, the odds of me, you know, dying by getting hit by a thunderbolt is higher than if I'm 35 and healthy, of dying from this disease. First of all, it's not correct. Uh, that is definitely not correct. But of course, if you, if you like to call, call because of, um, because the denominator, that's why. Because yes, the chances might be very low, but the denominator, if the virus uh, goes unimpeded, will become so high that your chances are going to increase. And not, not as a ratio, but the actual chance of it happening will be increased. So, the, so even if 0.01, 0.01% of the whole world's population is still significant, and you might really be in it, even if you're young and healthy and and feel that you can survive and many people are not surviving very young healthy professional uh you know in, in school schools we just just read i was just seeing this uh, this really heartrending story about this um baseball coach in new jersey uh, he he got a um attack of covid he went um his wife had covid and they're both very young his, his wife uh, actually didn't have any symptoms, had very few, little symptoms. Uh, and then her husband caught COVID and he, he went to the uh, hospital and they gave him, they gave him oxygen and they let him go. They said, he's fine. Um, and he had breathing trouble. He went home, went to sleep, never woke up again. He was dead. So, and signed, and for Dr. Fauci was saying that, that this that there's a lot that we don't understand of, of covid-19 yet that for some for most people it it's it just goes away normally but for some people it is absolutely fatal one of the things that make it fatal is something known as a cytokine storm which is really your it's not the virus itself but it's your body which now uh it triggers and your your body's immune system and your immune system basically starts eating away at the it's, itself it, it it's just overwhelmed it's, it's from, from 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 software terms it's like somebody gave it a max and it's not built to handle max it just collapses you have a buffer overflow and there's a core dump so your immune system basically core dumps itself um that that kind of that is called a cytokine storm so that overwhelms sometimes very fit people actually people with compromised immune systems are less likely to have a cytokine storm. As I read, it's more actually more fit people who are, who are going to have that. So, uh, but again, Dr. Fauci hasn't figured it out, but even if you, if you buy the thing that, you know, please try to understand how the disease works. You might feel that you are okay, but unless you don't care for your father, mother, your uncles, you have to stay at home because the virus which has I would say some kind of organic intelligence and which is why coronavirus is of all the different viruses that are out in the world and there are so many why is it so dangerous because it is whether you know depends on whether it by chance or whether it by evolution or however you want to consider it it it, it really is, is is got the you know that it, it's got a very strong Darwinian impulse it knows how to propagate itself so for young people the people who it Really can't. And again, the 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 purpose of it is to propagate itself, like any life form, like any religion, like any brand, like any Twitter account. It is it is to prop. It is to be viral. So again, some diseases, and we discussed this before in a previous podcast. They're stupid. They they kill the host. That's a really bad way of going about it. So they have a high percentage of hosts that they kill, which means the host can't can't then share it with other people this by its very nature is benign for most people for most people it's using it as just a propagator it's using it as a bullet so if you let if you do not have a lockdown in place it will use the population as bullets to target the people it really wants to target which is people with either with pre existing conditions or people who are older than 65 so while it may not happen to you and while you may think as bajaj thinks that he is and he, he again people who are fit and who have access to great healthcare might think that the that the odds of that the economic uh, down that the that the economic loss they are facing is is much more severe because they think that the numbers are really uh, against the virus rather than against them and that's perfectly fine but that's an extremely short sighted selfish and morally decrepit uh, stance i would say so you are basically saying i don't give a fuck about anybody else except myself and again this is this th- th- this is perhaps a concomitant of our whole capitalist individualistic systems where we over 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 the ages we have come to think that you know if my well-being is a function of my actions Something which we are attuned to thinking, right? Otherwise, I mean, if we study, then I'll do well. If I do some, if I if I take care, if I do exercise, I will live longer and live better. So there's always this, uh, and 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 paradoxically, people who die must have eaten something wrong, must have been fat, must have been done something. So it's always like this 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 karma thing that, without understanding the entire randomness of the universe, that it doesn't really matter ultimately um it, it, it there's there's a greater chance of if you don't smoke that you will that you will not get lung cancer but it doesn't work you you, you might not smoke and you might get lung cancer and so 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 there, there, there's this randomness of it all and, and we just cannot process that randomness so we try to justify the randomness with religion we said oh we must have done something bad in his past life we can't see that right so there is some kind of causality because if we can't have causality then our very way of thinking breaks down. That's the most scary thing to know that you're absolutely everything is random. There is a dice rolling and you know, you die, you live. There's no reason other than that, but that is the way the universe works. But over here, there is one more thing. The fact whether you die or whether you live depends on the behavior of everybody around you. This is the reason why nobody worries about the environment because it's always somebody else. It's never yourself. Well, this is again, this is that new way of thinking where you, whether you live or die, depends on what other people in your community are doing, in your immediate surrounding is doing. And again, this is a very, very different way of thinking that we are normally attuned to think. And this is why some people are having this, this feeling of cognitive dissonance. They're, they're saying things like Bajaj. I mean, even Trump is saying, but Trump is an idiot anyways. I mean, so you, you can't really uh, expect anything from him. But but the fact that why should I, why should I take an economic loss for you? The fact is you're ultimately not taking an economic loss for me. You're ultimately saving your life and the life of your parents. And unless you're going to say that I will, and it is not a decision up to you also, because everybody's decision is affecting everybody else's. This normally in our real life normally doesn't happen. If you get diabetes, people will say, because you ate badly. If you have hypertension, people will say you ate badly. So whatever you have, it's because of something which you did. Whether you get COVID or not is not totally a function of what you do. It's a function of what everybody else around you does. So, again, stay away from this false narrative that, and again, this is a false choice, that we either save the economy or save old people. If old people die and many people die and doctors die, then the economy will tank by itself. So This is not a false choice. The economy is screwed anyways. But if you reduce the loss of life because there is fun- there is fundamentally nothing wrong with the economy, it will recover. But if you let people, if you let hundreds and thousands of people die, the the implication uh, will be, the, the effect of this will go on much, much longer. I don't expect Bajaj to understand. I don't expect anybody who's actually born into wealth to understand. And you can see the example of Trump, which brings me to Trump and the, and the continuous crisis of leadership, that the U.S. I mean, the U.S. is uh, it's it's unbelievable to see. There, there's, there was Trump before this happened, um, which was one thing. And then there's Trump at this point of time. I mean, Trump is the example of this most terrible boss that you have ever had. And I'm pretty sure all of us have had a boss like this. He's always everybody else is to blame for whatever happens. It's either Obama is to blame, the state governments are to blame, and he himself says, I take no responsibility. He's one thing. Second, he's always the first to take credit for anything. And again, this this happens when you have the Bajajs and Trumps of the world who who don't deserve what they have gotten. They have been born into it. They're essentially today's versions of kings. And that's exactly the way Trump behaves. Trump behaves like a Somebody out of Game of Thrones. He behaves exactly like that because that's what he is. He is a king. He has a he has a harem. He has a, he has. A, I mean, he's, he's he basically think of everything that you think of all the stereotypes of a bad king, and he has all of it in this day and age. Today, I heard I was watching, and said, apparently, the captains of the oil industry came to him. And and why are they coming to him? Because Trump is working to increase the price of oil at this point of time to save them. So they came in and Trump said, Trump gave them all free COVID tests. <laughs> it was like the King saying people are doctors are dying because they can't get tested for COVID because he has so many, he said, you know, everybody get a COVID test right here. Let me show you how easy it is. So this is the level of not only is, the, and, and because this person, and because this person has never, done an honest day of labor in his whole life, because he's a fundamentally a crook in a family of crooks. He cannot believe, he cannot even understand why people give their lives for other people. He, he thinks, he genuinely thinks that, that uh, the doctors are asking for personal protective equipment, they're asking for masks, and they're stealing the masks, that there's no need for so many masks, that you should investigate whether they're going out to the back door. His very words, is basically accusing doctors who are dying, treating patients while not caring for their own lives and the lives of families for stealing masks. Okay. Can you imagine that? Because the, the, the way his mind works is he cannot process pure goodness and bravery because he has none because he's a coward. He's a wimp and he is, he represents the dredge of what humanity is and he cannot believe he cannot, he cannot make, you know, Get his mind around the fact that there are people who are not like him, that there are people who are not out to steal and defraud others. There are people who are not thinking with their dicks, even at this point of time, even at this point of time, this guy, when they say model, he says, that's not the model I've done. I've done other models. Even at this point of time, this is all, when the word model comes, that's the thing that comes to his brain. Okay. He's not a 14 year old uh, teenager. Okay. So this, this is the level and the only reason why he's there is because, because he appeals to the white supremacist in the Americans. I mean, he's basically there because of that. There's no other reason. There is no other. He supported bright Christian evangelicals because of white supremacy. You know, in terms of the morals of the Christian evangelical, he's got nothing to do with that. He just never read the Bible. He has had many wives and many porn stars. So that in terms of ethics, in terms of morality, he's, there's, there's nothing in common with him and the Christian right, except the fact that they both are white supremacists and they hate other people from other religions and they hate anybody who's not white, essentially. That's the thing that unites them. There's no other, but that's what, why he's even a president at this point of time and why he doesn't have a chance of winning. If I don't think he has still after what he's done, but you never know because... Like Salman Khan fans, his fans just don't care for content or reviews or what he does. It's just like him; he is there, he is there. And what we have currently right now is that the, when and, and, and again he's there is there is Jared Kushner who's like who's like a ten times worse version of uh, Robert Vadra, if you can imagine. At least Robert Vadra doesn't <laughs> do any harm. He does no harm as long as he gets paid. He doesn't do harm. Robert Vadra has never harmed the country. Except unlike, unlike Jared Kushner. So Jared Kushner, who's who who, who, who looks like like a, a you, you know a, a, a blood-sucking vampire who's suddenly out in the daylight, you know, he 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 actually went and said that the the US federal stockpile is not for the states. It's for the federal government. The everybody in the US is in a the state. Okay, there's nobody who's outside a state. So who exactly is the federal stockpile for? He's In his mind, he thinks that the federal stockpile is for his family. That's the thing. That is the, I mean, these royals, that's what they think. That they're not for the people who actually paid for the goddamn thing. By the way, these are Republicans who always say that, you know, this is a business that, you know, you're, you want a CEO. But yet the shareholders, the stakeholders, the guys who paid stock, who actually buy the things that that are in the federal stockpile, apparently they don't get it. It is the States. And if you look at the tax, you you know, in the U S the tax you pay, most of it goes to the federal government for what, for the federal government to turn it down and said, we have no responsibility. Whatever has been done has been done by the States. Whatever response that there has been has been done by the States with none of and what Trump has done is in order to help his cronies, I mean, this is when people are dying. Okay, This is not just your garden variety, corporate greed or political greed. He has refused to step in to, uh, to regulate uh, private industry so that states compete with other states and medical manu- and people who are making these things, different kinds of things that they need, whether it be ventilators or other kind of equipment that US states are bidding against other US states inside the U.S. to live. So basically the state which has the most money is winning. This is exactly the reason why you have FEMA, you have federal agencies which are supposed to step in, they're supposed to tell all the states, hey, move aside, we will buy everything and we will allocate based on who needs it the most. Because all the states are not going to need it all together at the same time. You know, the virus is bad, but it's not that bad. It's not that LA has hit the peak while Los- New York. Right now, New York has hit its peak and it's getting close to the peak. LA isn't. In a few weeks, it will turn around. LA will start going, New York will start going down. LA will start hitting that. May or may not. Maybe not LA, Detroit will. Maybe Louisiana will, but somebody. So it's it's the need of the hour. And obviously you cannot have, right now, Trump is overwhelmed because he's saying everybody is trying to get the ventilators and the equipment that they need, but it doesn't have to be like that. These are not independent countries. You can have a pool and you can move things around. You can move things around as the situation becomes. So now you have individual States like Oregon, which has not been that hit saying that it will send ventilators over to New York. These are basically negotiations going between governors of States. These things don't have, at this point of time, the governor should be looking after the operational aspects of the everyday thing. The national level coordination has to be done by the federal government. That's why the people paid them tax money and they haven't done it. Not only haven't they done it, they said it's not their job. Actually, George Bush did the same thing when Hurricane Katrina happened. So when Hurricane Katrina happened, but at least George Bush was had a little bit of more humanity than this man. So initially George Bush and these guys, they said the same thing. The guy who was in charge of FEMA was some, was again, one of George Bush's cronies whose previous experience was running these uh, horse horse racing or some kind of horse farm. So he was the head of FEMA for doing emergency management across the U S so he was a totally incompetent guy and he got fired and he put in a general. But that guy was the guy who actually saved. I mean, again, people died and everything, but he actually did something because he was a general. He knew how to do logistics and you know how to do command and control at this scale. Obviously, neither Trump nor Jared Kushner knows know anything about this because both of them are exactly the same person. Just one is a younger to, younger than the other. And so right now in the U S there is absolutely no one. And Dr. Fauci is just a technical guy who comes and says things. He has no, and he can, he, he, cannot do the command and control. He, he's not responsible for moving things around. He's not trained for that. He's a scientist. So, but people are looking to him. He can't do anything. He himself is saying, I don't know why there is no national lockdown. Why Trump hasn't, as has the president imposed a national, he's left it up to the States and different States have done it at different times. The governor of Georgia, believe it or not, when he imposed the, the lockdown in a state, I think two days ago, he said, the reason why I, I didn't put the lockdown, because I didn't know that COVID is contagious, that it can be carried by asymptomatic people. I'd never heard of that. Wow. He said that two days ago. He said, I didn't know that. Can you imagine? He's a, he's a governor of a state which has Atlanta in it. This and his Republican, of course. So this kind of, the the reason why he does that is because all of them, all of them are looking up to Trump. Whatever Trump Baba says, we will do. These are these, so when Trump says, you know, the governors are not being appreciative of me, this is what he means, that they are not being my bucks. they are not like coming and, you know, kissing my toenails. These guys do it. And that's, this is their reaction. And the other, the I mean, whatever had been done was, I mean, California was, I think one of the first states to put in a very, very draconian lockdown, which is why actually, again, if you look at California, where we stay, the northern part of the North California, which is where the Bay Area is, the numbers are very good. there. It's one of the places where we didn't go up and it's kind of going down now. Because first of all, this place is extremely, extremely wealthy. Uh, most of the companies they instituted work from home before the lockdown. And so they had like, even even before California had a lockdown, they had one week more. So this is the kind of, is this is how effective lockdown is. So it's not that it doesn't work. You can see right now how effective it is. So San Francisco, for instance, you know San Francisco is a very large homeless population, but San Francisco rates are really, really low compared to what's there in Los Angeles, because Los Angeles, firstly, one week late, and secondly is that it doesn't have that kind of work from home thing as, as the Bay Area does. It's not software companies. So this is, again, it's it, this is, is a lot of poor people, a lot of illegals, a lot of homeless people in Los Angeles. And so that's why Los Angeles, Southern California, San Bernardino County, all of these places are, you know, I wouldn't say a hotspot, but close to becoming a hotspot, whereas Northern California is not at all. So good news for most Desi people who are working here. Because that's where they are. It's not so good, people it's not so good for other people though. And New York, of course, devastation. Absolute devastated. Um it's not that their governor, I mean, again, their governor is also not great. Cuomo is also not a great governor. But at least he's trying. At least they, they put the lockdown in place. They're they're doing aggressive testing. And one thing that New York isn't short of is money. God damn it, they're one of the richest states. So California is also a very rich state, but one of the hot spots again is 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 it's is Detroit. And it's also one of the poorest states. Michigan is one of the poorest states. Detroit is one of the poorest cities. And you can see it developing. There's just no social isolation there. People have to go out and work. Again, which now brings me to India. And one this all of this should tell you that that you know what a great decision Modi's decision to put a lockdown was. And yet you'll find and, and again. One of the things that I suddenly see now now for four years after Modi has been elected is that people in India, and I understand that people in India watch, you know, uh, HBO through Hot Start and, uh, you know, they basically stay in India, but live in the U.S. They get their daily news from the daily show. But I understand that. But, you know, when we were growing up, we never compared our responses for whatever with the U.S. and Canada. We never did. I don't think we compared this till till uh, the middle of the, this decade. That we, suddenly everybody wants our reaction of our government to be calibrated to that of US and Canada and Europe. As if India is has that level of resources, that controllable amount of population, that amount of land, that GDP. It's almost like why if, why? why when somebody wrote in a comment, why don't we have a Dr. Fauci? And my response was, "This is like saying, why don't we have a Hindi version of Friends with Sudesh Berry as Ross?" <laughs> what? <laughs> How did we even get get there? So, so, so this is this is like the height of being ridiculous. I mean, I understand that. I understand that that you stay in India, but you live in the US. But let's not forget the fact that your national response will be Indian. I mean, we are a poor country. This is, this is, you can't expect, you can't expect. And having said that, it's actually better than the American response. How about that? It's definitely, I mean, Canadian response, no, Canadian response has been very good. And that's because and we discussed that last time because Canada has a nationalized healthcare system which is not run on a profit basis. In the US, it's so crazy now. Today, I retweeted a tweet from a doctor who, in this day and age, today was told by his hospital that his salary is being cut. A doctor, his salary is being cut because he d- does not treat COVID patients. And right now, everything is COVID. So people aren't coming in. the emergency room because people are not playing games. There is no injury. People are not driving cars. There is no car accidents. So the non-COVID cases, there's nobody. So anybody who's not in the COVID domain, they're getting their salaries cut. Doctors, forget people who work in restaurants, doctors are getting their salaries cut because this is the way hospitals here work. And this should tell you why why the U.S. response has been so crappy because this is because this is the state of the U.S. healthcare. It it it, it runs even worse than Wendy's actually. I mean, Wendy's uh, Wendy's and McDonald's and Burger King are much better organized in the U.S. healthcare system. So you should be so you know even if your frame of reference is the U.S., you know you actually India is actually doing fairly good. I mean, you have, you know, the, the, the Jamaat super spreader and stuff, and that might have tilted the scales. That's another thing. But before that, it was perfectly okay. I mean, again, it's never okay when even one person dies. But in terms of the national response, in terms of, you know, the curve, you'll be you, you, okay. And I think a 21-day lockdown would possibly have made the situation very manageable. Again, if there was no lockdown, then of course, it would have spiked. Then you were on the tra- you were on the leading edge, it would have spiked. There was no doubt about that, and in India, there's a the number of people. The population density, deaths would have been in the millions. But everybody should thank their lucky stars that they have a lockdown. I understand that there has there, been a lot of inconvenience. I understand that it has not been planned, and some of it definitely is the government's responsibility, and some of it is unfortunately is inevitable in a country in India with with the amount of complexities, with the amount of heterogeneity, and with the fact that we don't have a lot of money. That that that's that's there. And again, I saw a lot of people making fun of Modi's response, you know, his, his light 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 the lamp and stuff. And, and, and of course, it's very, very silly. It's silly for me. It's silly for most of the people who are listening to this podcast. And, you know, it's fine to make a meme. It's fine to make laugh. You know, It's fine to laugh. But the fact is Modi is not doing this for you and me. You know, he knows that you and me, we don't need, you know, Modi to do anything. We are getting... Of stuff from Fauci we are going and looking at the Johns Hopkins dashboard we know and but it is for a, and, and, and the way we react to something is going to be very different the way the public in India reacts so again we also react similarly. we have things like sari hashtags and dhoti hashtags and you know lighting candles I mean, the symbolism even 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 people like us we are not immune to that but the fact is in, in India. But Karan Johar is the most successful filmmaker, you have to do some emotion and drama. We may laugh at it, but that's just the way things work. And Modi is what he's doing is he's basically creating a mass distract- distraction. The word for Bengali is called Hujug and he's just providing a basically emotional sugarcoating to the reality that you know, just fall apart because this is this is terrifying what's going on. If people really, truly understood the nature of where we are and how many lives can be lost, it's the kind of thing which would basically paralyze this country. And what would happen in a country like this is people would just lose hope and say, you know, screw it, I'm all going out. I'm going to die anyways. So what Modi is trying to do, whether imperfectly, whatever, is to create that, let's have something to do. Let's look forward to this. Let's make this positive. Let's make this a positive experience. Let's let's do something together. And again, it's it's. It's almost, you know, somebody would say, but well, does he think Indian Indians are children? But overall, yes, that's exactly the way he's going for. That's why people like, you know, Karan Juhar. I stopped liking Karan Juhar after I turned 20 years old. And most people are like that. But the fact is Modi is talking to that people and people don't understand. It's because elites, they just don't understand. They don't understand that, you know, that there are some people who are able to, to talk in a way that makes an emotional connect in a nation that is ruled by emotion, and he's done it. He's won two elections, right, with an increased mandate, and that's something the elites just cannot understand how he did it. He Said, you know, look at the economy, look at this, look at that. It doesn't matter. He is able to make that emotional connect. He's able to, and then, whether you call that whether you call him a charlatan, whatever that's that's your political opinion. But he's able. To make that connect, he's able to choose that thing which will make people, which will mobilize people. That's what Gandhi did. You know, you can turn around and say, what, what 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 about a handful of salt? There were so many other things the British were doing. Of all the terrible things the British were doing, in what order was salt? Yeah, good thing that you know the wire wasn't there during the British Raj. It is because there are some people like Mahatma Gandhi. I'm not, again, I'm not comparing Mahatma Gandhi to Narendra Modi. I mean, they are both have their problems. But there are some people, whether it be Karan Johar, whether it be Chetan Bhagat, whether it be Salman Khan, whether it, they, they know the pulse of what people want and they give them that. And other people try to analyze that. And they just cannot understand. And that's true. That's, that's why that formula isn't reverse engineering. You cannot reverse engineering that, reverse engineer that formula. So, and again, it's, this, is, this is again not something which he only he is doing. I mean, Mamata Banerjee is doing the exactly same thing in Bengal. Uh, but of course, since Mamata Banerjee is, is, is considered to have the cloak of secularism, this is not worth rolling your eyes over. So what did Mamata Banerjee do? She walked the streets drawing circles and telling people, here is a circle, you should stand here. Here is a circle, you should stand there. Now, does the chief minister of the state need to go on the street and draw circles? No. But it's a good thing that she did it. Because by doing, you know, this was a drama, but this was drama, but the television cameras were there. And she was making people sit up and notice. Because, you know, a, a, a guy going there and drawing circles, the people would just not just care. They wouldn't stand in those circles. It's not the question of drawing the circles. You know, the thing about Lakshman Rekha isn't the line. It's the authority that goes with it. The thou shalt not pass. That's the thing. It's not the line. It is the, you know, what would happen to you if you go and cross the line? So she she what she's doing is perfectly all right. That's exactly what we want to see in a leader. We want to see a leader do something which is able to communicate. Because ultimately, there's so much that a leader can do. Ultimately, people will have to take responsibility. I mean, Trump can declare a national—I uh, 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 mean, Trump can declare a national lockdown. But if people start coming out into the streets, there's nothing they can do. They're not going to shoot people. So, in India, especially, there is that mob mentality, there is that crowd mentality, and it's just so many people packed into such a small area. So, what Mamata Banerjee is doing, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying that yes. It is the time for dramatics. It is the time for symbolic gestures. And she's, she, and she's doing that. And so I'm not going to judge her for dramatics. I think that that's exactly what a leader in India should do. They have to come out onto the streets. Again, when when the Delhi riots were going out, there was a valid criticism that was, uh, that was made of both Kejriwal as well as Modi that why didn't they come out on the streets? And you can say, how does it matter if the... If the chief minister comes out on the street or the prime minister comes out on the street, how does that matter? But it does matter. People who understood it then, because it's Modi now, don't understand it because he's done it. It is very important, especially in a country like India, for people to see, to do something which creates that emotional connect. And that's what Modi is trying to do over here. And again, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It could be India is lucky. It could be that India is just on the edge of the precipices. Maybe that the Jamaat, basic, that the whole Jamaat thing, basically turned its on it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I think that it's it's very important that India as a nation keeps keeps holding together, and we need these kind of egregiously silly, perhaps, but these public displays of togetherness at during these times to kind of make it through. To because Unless, because this whole thing of being locked down, there's, there's a psychological aspect of it too, that you're kind of you kind of distanced from your community now and people aren't used to it. And so it's very important to remind them that they're part of a larger organism, and especially because of the very nature of the virus where, where whether you die or live depends on the f- 10 people who live around you, who touch the same things as you touch, who cough in the same vicinity as you cough, so your your health depends on everybody else. So I think these things, which emphasize how connected we are, is absolutely what we should be doing. And this is exactly what leadership is. Yeah. Why isn't Modi doing daily briefings? What is Modi's policy for the people who are leader? Obviously, India's India doesn't have even the even the US doesn't have that. For instance, what has the US given its uh, its citizens? Uh, most people will get a thousand bucks or something thousand bucks for uh, two or three months of Bekari, Berazgari, obviously, is not going to help them in any way. So the, even the most powerful nation in the world cannot compensate people for what's going to what's going on right now. So even if you mean, for instance, it's extremely silly, as I said, to to calibrate your response to calibrate your expectation of the government, right, looking at US, Canada, Germany, you know, <laughs> And Nobody used to do it. When we were growing up, we never thought that our government is going to react like Germany or US or, or, or England. We, we never did. I don't know when this, when this expectation suddenly became the ground truth. Anyways, which brings us to the final topic of the day, which is the Tablighi Jamaat. I don't know. I, the first time I heard of them was in Zamamul Haq, if you remember. when You also when, remember? Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. I, I, I think so. I mean, that's when he started making the Dari and everybody started keeping Dari and everything oh, in the Pakistan. I thought that was
0: after his son passed away or something.
1: No, no, no. That's why said Anwar... No, his son didn't pass away. Saheb daughter did.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. So I get news from wrong sources. So, so this
1: was. So this was. Uh, this was during that uh, ill-fated World Cup, if I remember, in two thousand seven, Ulmer time when he basically. Uh, I'm, not, I'm pretty unsure that that inzamam became this Tablighi scholar and so everybody there kind of converted and started sporting beard. This is when all of them started sporting Mushtaq, all of these guys. And the only guy who stuck out in that team and he said that was Shoya Akhtar. He, did, he didn't do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He publicly went on saying that he found it extremely silly and he wouldn't do it. And that was when there's trouble with him. Of course, he was, he's a crazy guy in himself, but he's the last thing he is, is religious. He's a very rare... That way, he's really not 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 like that at all. So you know, he would never sport a beard, and that then he claimed that that is the reason why in you know, in zamam and these guys never liked him. Anyway, um, there was there was a good article by Nadim Parashcha on 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 this also, which he wrote a long time ago. With, 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 with the let's- let's with of tablighi, let's start off with this very interesting story bit of uh, between Kamu and Saat. Or I don't know how to pronounce it's Sartre's, and I'm but I haven't heard about him. I've read him, and it it was so so they were very famous. Kamu uh, was Algerian, and and Sartre's uh he's he's very much loved by Marxists, but he and he loved Marxism, but his 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 philosophy was not Marxism. It was. It was existentialism, which is a little different from Marxism in, in, in many ways. That's the topic for another day. But Kamu and and Sas, I, I mean, they're very fascinating. And, you know, I was, I was hearing a, a podcast about them and, <laughs> and they were saying that, you know, some of Saad asked uh, Kamu to sleep with his, with his wife or girlfriend or something. So again, this, 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 this was covered in Gunda in and that, that basically <laughs> how I realized what I was about this and then they became enemies exactly like Gunda. So what happened was that, uh, uh Kamu was a, was a, he, he came to know, so he used to edit this, this magazine. And these guys were insanely popular in France in the, in, in the forties and fifties. Uh, I mean, in the public intellectual, I mean, these guys were celebrities. So Camus came to know about slave labor camps in Soviet Russia. And he wanted to write about it. And sartre said that, uh, no, you should not write about it because if you write about it, this will be taken to be a criticism of communism. So you should hide the truth because revealing the truth does not do anything. It will mainly strengthen the enemies of Marxism and the struggling people. I don't like Stalin. I don't endorse of this, but the truth does not serve any purpose. In this case, except it serves all the wrong purpose. So this, this basically split them. Camus went ahead and published it anyways. Um, But after that, they never spoke. And they fought each other over letters, which was in those days the basic the equivalent of Twitter trolling each other. So I found this interesting because this is also the way is something like the whole tabliki incident is 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 portrayed that you know some sections of the liberal media will not even cover that. And if you speak of it, you would consider it to be communal. For me, this is you know what, what happened here is is not an islam thing but it's something about extreme religion it's about people for those of you who don't know the tablighi jamaat is a evangelical branch of islam so they're, they 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 they're like jehovah's witness uh, they go to they go to people's homes and say you know you have deviated from the path of islam and uh, you should do this you should do that so they're a very very they're they're considered to be a very peaceful but very aggressive in terms of pushing Islam. They 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 basically follow it. It started in India, and they basically follow that that very aggressive evangelical thing of of Christianity, which which um, and 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 their. I mean, the Sufi saints used to do it too, but the Sufi saints had music and they had poetry and they had other things. And these guys don't like music and poetry at all. Uh, so, this whole thing, first of all, is um the main the main responsibility for this lies with the government there's no way they should have been given given their meet in malaysia earlier where they went ahead and basically said they denied that coronavirus is a problem and again you shouldn't there's, even trump was saying that it's not a problem right and so was the right wing media in in the us so they, they, you cannot just blame them for this and the whole thing is, and this is not so much a tabliki thing, but one thing about extreme religion. But of course, in this case, we should say, you know, that it does come from tabliki. It's not that any, everybody else was doing this, it was that, that this extreme religion is that God will save them. That, that, that coronavirus, that God will somehow save them. And, and, the, and the fun thing is, I don't know if you saw that audio tape of the tabliki leader saying that God will save them. While in the background, you can hear people coughing. <laughs> yes, it's a background noise of so many people coughing and saying nothing will happen to us when well, there are people coughing in that room. <laughs> so that that was so ironic and hilarious. just goes to show you know the kind of irrationality. I mean, for me, again, I'm perhaps more like the old world communists who were against any kind of irrationality of religion. They were against religion irrationality i'm against that irrationality and this is this is that this is that i also shared a, a video of a, a christian of an evangelical christian saying "Covid 19 i i don't know if you saw that video vikram i cast thee away yes and yes even there there was a very fun part of it where it says i want jesus christ will d- some develop a vaccine i was thinking wait <laughs> Isn't Jesus Christ supposed to come and touch people and they're supposed to get well? When did this vaccine come in? (laughs) Why does he need to go through a vaccine? That's the science thing. So I found that even there, he was not really, he, he really didn't trust Jesus Christ to come down and actually heal, but just get the vaccine out and let science deal with the rest. So I found that really funny because he was kind of going on a rant and then suddenly he's, rather than saying heal them, he says, get a vaccine. So. Anyways, so so that's 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 another level of irrationality. But at least he can he at least thinking about a vaccine, and he at least knows that that the solution is a vaccine. It's not some guy coming down from the sky. So this and 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 and, and again, the the problem is. And by the way, there's an interesting thing that the leader of Tablighi Jamaat is a grandson, great-great grandson of the founder. So he's exactly like Trump. So he lives in that exact same denial. He's exactly it's, it's 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 bizarre to see these people, these people who are there, who are put in power because of they were somebody's son or somebody's grandson, and somehow it never turns out well from any for anybody, whether it be Tablighi or Tablighis, or whether it be the Congress Party. (laughs) <laughs> it just never works out well when there is no notion of merit when you just put a guy there because he's somebody's son. And Trump also is hes rich because he's somebody's son. It's just not his dad made the money. He didn't make the money. He basically lost the money that his dad made. So it's the same level of denial. And the problem with this whole thing is the way the administration took it. They shouldn't have been allowed to organize. You know, you know that this organ—I Again, the, we have to... We have to assign a different notion of blame to government than we do to individuals. I mean, individuals are crazy, okay? Organized religion is crazy. Of course, they deny science. You know, any any extremely religious person denies science because if they accept science, that basically takes out the basic tenet of whatever the faith they believe in. So I don't think, and and this is unfortunate, I don't think that mentioning the fact about Tablighi Jamaat is is communal. people want the thing to be kind of not be hidden. And then immediately, if it comes up, they'll say, what about the Hindus doing this? Well, it really doesn't matter because the, Hindu, because so and so assemblies, there didn't spread the virus in the way they ha- these guys have spread it. Because the reason why it has spread is because these people came, you know, people who go to Hindu temples where, when there was no community transmission. What that wasn't a problem. The problem was these guys at a time when there was no community transmission. They came from places where there was already community transmission of COVID-19. That was the problem. So it was almost inevitable that they were that there. There were people who were infected and that they were going to spread it. So after that, of course, they panicked. They ran. I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that that's that's what they did. And right now, it's how do you trace them back now one part which i don't agree with is i saw some of the television coverage and the problem again is not is not the tablighis. i mean they they might be a problem in other times but this again they they are the super spreaders they have to take responsibility There should be criminal action against them but some of that some of the some of the language i saw on television like you know that was again in these times again there's this whole notion of should you and could you and can, can you absolutely should you should you and the answer to that is no not at this point of time we are at i mean i am perfectly fine with with religion i'm perfectly fine with i i don't have any like you should not punch down or you know that shit and if you try doing that that basically enables enables Hindu fundamentalism. The, the reason why for people who are upset about Hindu fundamentalism, the why it has risen is because Islamic fundamentalism was given a free chit for years because of this whole punching down thing. And now the Hindus have said, well, I'll do the exact same thing then. And you've had, you know, the, the whole thing started with Salman Rushdie and the and, 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 uh, banning of his book. And this was where it started, Shah Banu and that. And that was a craven surrender to Islamic fundamentalist forces, and that led to the emboldening of the Hindu right. So I don't think that this that the Satra Sat thing of hiding things because or deflecting things because it's not in the great public good works. But, 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 but we are at a very special time. We're at a time when it's important for minorities who rightfully or wrongfully may feel persecuted. I'm not getting into that, but it is time when everybody needs to have faith in the government. It's a time when everybody needs to feel safe. Otherwise, because there is the coronavirus does not discriminate between religion. It does not have that conscience. So it is a time when, and again, Given as I said repeatedly, that your health, your health depends on the movement of the tablighis, and the tablighi guy's movement—you know whether he lives or dies—depends on you. So we are all inherently connected at this point of time in these three months, and I think it's in the best interests not to have wage issues dominate the news headlines. Things that are easily affordable, and we'll have months later. To legislate on this but at this point of time given the public health emergency that we are currently in the excessive the excessive focus of this in the news is I think counterproductive because the last thing that we want at this point of time in India is people turning on others some of it is I would say is natural and, and will happen it happens in every country but not at this time. This is not the time to to point to somebody and said, "Well, they did it." It was the tablighis who were responsible for coronavirus in India. That they are a ticking time bombers. I saw somewhere bomb or something that that word was being used. I disagree with that because I think that is not in our best interest as a country in 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 this time. I think definitely that you know I don't know why the Indian government allows. Uh, you know fundamentalist Islamic groups what this fundamentalist to come and meet here freely. I don't understand why that is the case. I mean there is freedom of religion but then this is this is one step beyond. I don't think that for instance they would be allowed to assemble in the US if they wanted and have a convention here and say the kind of things that they say in India. Um, again, that, that, that kind, of, kind of comes back to something which I say that the right wing and the left wing in the US is very different from the right wing and the left wing in India. India has shifted a lot to the left. So, so even the most liberal Democrats won't accept the kind of things. I mean, they will say you have the right to say it, but they won't let you know militant, spe- uh, militant Islamic preachers from Malaysia to come and you know give a speech in 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 new york city now they would, even the democrats won't allow them to do that they won't say this is a right for americans but not a guy from malaysia to come and say this over here india we don't care man we'll just let anybody come from anywhere and do whatever they want so this is the this is the bigger problem actually it's, the, it's it's not so much them but it's the people who let them in it's the people who let them in in these times is the people who let them in knowing what that uh, the tablighis had said in malaysia in their convention and the fact that it was highly likely that so many of them coming in from countries which already had community transmission of coronavirus was a disaster waiting to happen. And it's already happened. But this is not the time for, this is not the time for that. This is not the time for religious divides. This is, this is a time, this is not the time for age divides. This is not the time for economic divides It's very, very important for all of us to know that if you're, if, if you have any chance of getting out of this, With most of us alive, most of us, it's inevitable that quite a few of us will not make it to the other end. It is very important that the things that divide us be put on the back burner for now because of the very nature of this disease. It's not, we are not fighting another human enemy. We're not fighting a nation. We are used to doing those things. We are fighting something which cannot be seen, which is already inside your home, maybe. It's, 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 it's something which, you, imagine this, if the U.S. was attacked by some other country, do you think the U.S. would have lost this amount of lives? No country can do it. But a virus can, because the U.S. is not built up for this. Because the U.S. is not built up for any, I mean, if you let the military go, the U.S. will obliterate any country if they want. But they cannot fight something which they have not been trained to fight. They have not been trained to fight a, almost a perfect virus like the coronavirus, which, coming back to what I said, it uses the majority of people, the young people, the most mobile people as its bullets. And it uses the people who cannot move, the stationary people, the sick people as the targets. So, And, and, and they don't kill them immediately. They fester. They fester for weeks, basically eating on their organs. Um, so, you know, it's not a swift death for the older people they linger for weeks on ventilators as it as it eats away at their lungs and whatever they can so this is this is this is evil this is nature at its most evil and, and at its most efficacious evil because they're using you know the attack is somebody the, the the they're using something as a vector of attack and the target of attack is somebody different So it's, it's very different so with on that note of virtual hopelessness <laughs> let me finish this podcast for today And, uh, you know, again, everybody who listens to this, I'm pretty sure that you guys are aware of this. But again, stay home. Um, Try to limit your exposure outside as much as you can. Use gloves, use masks, use whatever kind of protection you can get. Remember, it is not for you if you feel that you feel particularly brave. Second thing is, I don't know when was the last time you did your health checkup, but you'll be surprised to find if you are at my age group that you already have one of those pre existing conditions. And it seems everything is a pre existing condition. So, between diabetes, hypertension, asthma, and some of the other things, most of us have one of them. So, don't think that just because you haven't gone to the doctor for a while or you don't have any symptoms of any of these, that you don't have them. So, you know again, I'm talking to people in my age group, you know, the, the 40s and the late 30s. So don't feel invincible. You're not. Second thing is, even if you are, there are people who, perfectly healthy people who are dying. And the last thing is, you might be okay, but somebody in your family might not be. They might have the underlying condition. So it, as in the case that I told you in New Jersey, it was the wife who got COVID first she had a very mild covid attack so this is where covid is using this wife as a as its vector as its as its bullet to target the husband now i don't know if his husband had any i mean she said he's he was very fit he was a baseball coach but that doesn't mean that he didn't have an underlying condition just because you don't know if it doesn't mean that you don't have it so it could have been that he had something but the point is you don't know so that's why it's so very important and, and please please read there's a lot of material out there online. I know that, you know, that there is lots of that, you know, lot of good stuff on Netflix. There's a lot of good stuff that people are releasing. I've heard that Pornhub. I've heard. I don't know, but Pornhub has made itself free
0: for everybody. I don't know, but, but it's uh, in India, though,
1: it's come on, man. You think the word <laughs> I mean, what VPN for? Exactly but uh, but i'm just saying that but there is also a lot of great great work which is being done on on the medical part of it so read there's a lot of great stuff which is being done everywhere i mean I, every day i get to read you know just twitter follow covid and i get to read so many interesting things which and i didn't know what an ace receptor was a week ago Um, I mean, I'm learning so many things. I'm learning so many things about how viruses and you might say, you know, this is useless knowledge, but guess what? We are living in a world. I think the world as we knew ended a a month ago, we're living in a very different kind of world. These are all very important things that you need to know. And so I encourage all my listeners to read, read about the disease, read about experiences that of, of people in different parts of the world, trying to fight this disease. Try to understand why some countries are doing better than other countries. And, you know, hold your government accountable. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm, all, I'm I mean, The Indian government's response hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been great. But then nothing in India's response from the Indian government is ever great. I can't think of any time when people said, well, the Indian government did a great job. And I've lived in this world for quite a few years now. So it's very important, and especially for for something like this, you know, if, if we are in a battle with Pakistan, there's very little you can do. If Pakistan comes and drops a nuclear bomb, there's still really little you'll die. Okay, there's, there's nothing but this is this is this is another, you know, cataclysm where you actually can do something. You can actually save yourself and the people around you by doing a very few simple things. And it always matters, at least for me, if I know why that is the case. Rather than somebody, whether it be Dr. Fauci or Nonindra Modi or somebody you follow on Twitter. And so that you can kind of winnow out the other shit that you receive on WhatsApp. So that you know what coronavirus is and what it isn't. So it's very important for all my listeners to stay well read. Don't read any random shit you see on online. You know, Go to trusted sources like New York Times, Johns Hopkins, and, and you know who they are. And um, I mean, that's it for today. Thanks a lot for listening.
0: Well, yeah, that's the podcast for today. And I literally have nothing else to say right now. So uh, take care and stay safe.